0: As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks
2: for listening to the Best of the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for The Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This
1: is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Here we go on a Monday live in Los Angeles. It's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of of your day one hour from now where colin was right where colin was wrong j mac interesting sunday and sunday night big monday night we don't know what's going on with joe burrow rams continue to be a surprise story but as we are prone to do at least once every few mondays dallas is a topic (laughs) yes i thought you would reference my green not for my jets but
3: for all the money we gave the audience, had so many great winning picks this past we did week. Have a, we did
2: have a good, we have to be humble, though I came off a two-week skid. But I will say this, Trayvon Diggs, the great corner for the Cowboys, out for the season, defense wasn't as aggressive. Dak Prescott had to play on the road and trailed. He was just ordinary, mostly. And Mike McCarthy's coaching is always up for debate. One week After we said they're amazing, people thought they were amazing, the world fell in love with the Cowboys, here we are. I think so many people, fans and media, want Dallas to be great. But it's pretty clear in this league. To be great in this league, you need three things. You know what they are. A great quarterback, a great coach, and a great edge rusher or pass rusher. Cowboys have one of those. They have a great edge rusher. I mean, if San Francisco, who has the coach and edge rusher, had a great quarterback, you could put him in the Super Bowl right now. One of the reasons we didn't overreact to Kansas City losing at home to Detroit. Great coach, great quarterback. Chris Jones would come back. Those are the elements you need. And right now, Dallas is okay at head coach, and they're fine. Sometimes they're fine B-plus at quarterback. But there's a big gap between great and okay and fine. And I think, but Dak is, he's smart. His intangibles are great. He's a leader. He's charming. He's charismatic. He's likable. But I think, you know, last night is yesterday afternoon is kind of symbolizes what Dak is. Dak last year, 15th in passer rating, smack dab in the middle of the league. This year, he's 16th in passer rating, smack dab in the middle of the league. Do you know what Dak's career passer rating is? 17th. Smack-dab in the middle of the league. And now, no more Zeke in his prime. Very dependent downfield on C.D. Lamb. Tight end, they're okay, not special. O-line was missing three starters. So what happens? They're real clunky in the red zone. Again, there's a big gap between fine, okay, pretty good, and great. You saw Buffalo yesterday. It's pretty clear Buffalo is becoming great again. Kansas City's great again. You know, Baltimore now, all banged up, great elements. They got to get healthy. But you can see it every week. Mike McCarthy went into this season saying, I want to run the football more. That's not what Andy Reid says. That's not what Sean McDermott says because they have great. Now, again, Arizona's better than we thought. They are not the worst team in the league. Joshua Dobbs, pretty fun quarterback. May not build around him. Certainly capable, good kid, players love him, plays hard. They're sneaky good at home. The good thing about Dallas, though, they got 10 wins written all over them with this defense, but that defense won't be as aggressive now, is that at least Dak Prescott is always accountable, and that's why we like him so much. And this is the reality of Dallas when they get banged up going on the road against a sneaky good, surprisingly good Arizona team, at least at home. We want them to be good. We want them to be great. It doesn't mean they are. Um, So yesterday, Denver, I must have overvalued Denver significantly. Um, There's a bunch of things with Denver. I have a rule. I haven't used it in a while. Say it out loud. If something doesn't sound right, it's probably not right. So say out loud, new, very wealthy ownership. New outspoken head coach. Gotta fix the culture. GM stays from a previous regime and an aging star quarterback that was never beloved in the locker room apparently in Seattle. It doesn't sound like a quick fix. Denver bought this house. Sean maybe thought it needed some touch-ups and now he's got A mold issue and a leaky basement, and he doesn't know how to fix it. And that Russell Wilson contract is hanging over the franchise like a roof that needs fixing in a year, and you may not have the funds for it. This is not a quick fix. And Denver quit yesterday. Now, Miami is fantastic. They are fantastic. Best team in the league, said it last week. I'll tell you now, I'll say it tomorrow on her Hierarchy. It's the best team in the league. The coaching, sensational. The speed, two is upright. They're not great everywhere. O-line's okay. Miami's a great football team right now. They are terrific. But um, did I overvalue the roster? Yeah, did I overvalue the quarterback? Yeah, did I overvalue the coach? I don't think so. But since Peyton Manning retired, this team, this franchise, has the fifth worst record. So Fox... Had Sean Payton. He loved LA. He loved Fox Sports. I thought he was going to sign for three or four years and wait for the Chargers job to open, which it probably should be open soon. But head coaches, especially smart ones with the Super Bowl, get restless. Uh, Big money talks. The owners for the Broncos are rolling in lettuce. And so it happened. But um, I will say this. Sean Payton's side of the ball has gotten better. They're averaging six points more a game. A touchdown's a lot in the NFL. Uh, Russell Wilson's passer rating is up 15 points. He's not the only issue, though I don't see a lot of juice in the second half with him. Uh, The defense has regressed badly. Um, The Nuggets are going to continue to be a great NBA team. This is obviously not a quick fix. Let's be honest. Nick Sariani, It was year two. Mike McDaniel, year two. Look how good they are. Belichick. Belichick. Year two, Pete Carroll, seven and nine, seven and nine, 11 and five, year three. People forget this. You think Kyle Shanahan walked into San Francisco. Yeah, he did. He went six and 10 and four and 12. It was year three with Kyle Shanahan, a very sophisticated offense structure and culture. It was year three that the guy that we perceive now is the best offensive coach in a short list, if not the best, took three years in San Francisco, a historically well-run franchise that had some good players. Sean McDermott, year three Buffalo, 10 and six, had their quarterback on their way. Some of this stuff sounds easy, but Pete Carroll, Belichick, Pete Carroll, you know, Sean McDermott viewed as a good coach, Kyle Shanahan. It's not an easy fix. This, this house has a lot more issues than we thought. I think I overvalued the roster. I've liked this roster for years. Maybe it's just not as good as I think. Maybe it's not Sean Payton after was embarrassed just about. I mean, 70 points to surrender. 70 points. I, I went to a high school that didn't have a great program. I don't think anybody scored 70 on us. So it, it, it is ugly, but I think I will say this, J Mac, and we do this from time to time. I'm guilty of it. Um, even with great coaches, you know, McVay is very unique. Mm. He saved a franchise, got good immediately. Sirianni, McDermott, Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll. Um, you know, it's different. Mike Tomlin took over a great franchise. They had a great culture. Bill Coward to Tomlin. That's different. This thing needed a lot of fixing. I think I overvalued a lot of what was there. I look at Cortland Sutton. I look at the left tackle. I look at Jerry Judy. I look at Russell Wilson, Patrick Sertan. They have a handful. You know what they are? They're a little bit of a puzzle, and the pieces don't quite fit, and the defense has regressed strangely overnight. You seem to be making this a lot about Denver.
3: I don't know, Colin. This, to me, is the Miami Dolphins are just a juggernaut offensively. I mean— You know, the Broncos have 69 points this season, okay? Miami scored 70 yesterday. Like, I don't think Denver's that bad. And by the way, they're already taking money for week four against the Chicago Bears on the road. So, like, I don't know that Denver's in that bad of shape. It just looks, (laughs) you give up 700 yards and 70
1: points, it looks really bad. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Well, we say it often on this show, half of the first-round quarterbacks. This is the first-round quarterbacks. These are the good ones. These are the ones all the scouts admire, get all worked up over. Half don't work. And about 5% are able to overcome, and that's a key word. Chicago makes it tough on young quarterbacks. It's a defensive coach, a defensive culture. I don't know the last time they had a great O-line. Now, Josh Allen is gifted enough in Buffalo that he's overcome O-line and running back issues. Justin Fields isn't Josh Allen. Uh, Joe Burrow. How about Kenny Pickett? Great defense, great organization. Okay, the Bears are neither. So Kenny Pickett can win with real limitations. Josh Allen can win when they don't surround him with perfect offensive weapons, but that's not Justin Fields' scenario. The Bears have not been well run. Well run. The Bears have not been well run in a long, long time. Who am I supposed to trust? Go back to two thousand. The Bears have made the playoffs back to back seasons one time. Chaos is always right behind them in the rearview mirror. I don't know if Jordan Love is very good in Green Bay. But I know they don't have chaos. They don't overspend on free agents. They draft and develop. And they do a really good job with quarterbacks, dating back to Bart Starr and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They stay out of chaos in Green Bay. They set you up to succeed. I don't think Jordan Love is great. I don't. But Justin Fields has been set up to fail. In college, he played at Ohio State. Five-star players everywhere relied on his athleticism often. In Chicago, he doesn't have players around him. We don't know about the coaching. I suspect it's just not good enough. And he's not developed into a very good pocket thrower. So he was set up to fail. And remember, 90% of these first-round quarterbacks, forget the second, third-round guys, 90% of the first-round guys, are not good enough to overcome. I mean, yesterday, this weekend, Trevor Lawrence had three beautifully thrown balls dropped. He got routed at home by the Texans. Very few Andrew Luck's out there. Very few John Elway's. They don't exist. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, those are generational talents. In Chicago, they force you to overcome. I would argue today that if you go to the last 20 years, Chicago's one of the bottom five places in the league for a young quarterback. Really cold, windy, northern weather. Doesn't help. Need a real strong arm there. It's a defensive culture. They're still celebrating the 85 Bears. It's old school ownership. And the Green Bay Packers usually have a Hall of Famer at quarterback. It's not a coincidence that Kansas City has had great coaches multiple times. The Hunt family, Dick Vermeil, Herm Edwards, Andy Reid, Marty Schottenheimer, Hank Stram. They've also had Len Dawson, Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith, Trent Green got to the playoffs, Joe Montana. It's not a coincidence. Certain organizations have better ownership, more stability. They're ahead and progressive. They're not old school and behind. Chicago's old school ownership still worships defense. Kansas City's ahead of the curve on offense. Have been for years. And so there just are organizations in this league, Washington's been another one, that make it really hard on young quarterbacks, forcing them to overcome and overcome. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has seen as a success. His first coach didn't work, had to overcome this year. Protection, drop passes, had to overcome. They're scrapping and and, and struggling. My guess is they'll turn it around. But I feel like the Bears are analog in a digital world, and they just make it hard. And Justin Fields, though talented, isn't generationally gifted like a Josh Allen to overcome all the hurdles they put in front of you. I don't know if Jordan loves any good. There's not a lot of hurdles. Aaron Jones is great. Good old line. They're not even healthy now. And you can win. Great home field advantage, excellent front office, Green Bay drafts and develops. They don't rush you. They draft you. You sit for multiple years. I mean, the the pressure is like this year within the organization. They kept saying, don't rush him. It's going to be slow and steady. They say the right things. They draft. They do the right thing. Chicago makes it really, really hard. And I just think Justin Fields is the league average Which is 90% of these guys are just not gifted enough to overcome stuff. Cincinnati for years has made it hard. Carson Palmer at one point said, I'm out. I'm over it. Right?
1: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Attention
0: all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
5: As well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: And I don't just think this is a, a Los Angeles issue. But the Chargers outplayed um, Minnesota yesterday and were the right side, the better team. Justin Jefferson, you knew, was going to have some yards and touchdowns because that's what he does, especially at home. But so at their own 24-yard line, the Chargers on a fourth and one go for it. Um, I thought it was a poor decision, but I want to get into this for a second. Why do I think it's a poor decision? Because Minnesota had no timeouts, had struggled increasingly in the game to protect Kirk Cousins, only had a minute 50 left, and they had to score a touchdown. Chargers led by four. I would not have gone for it. I think a defensive coach, Brandon Staley, should trust his defense. Um, Forced Kirk Cousins with no timeouts and shaky protection to score a touchdown. I like those odds. That's the first point. But the other one that needs to be noted Why are you giving a backup running back your least skilled offensive player? They have a great left tackle, a quarterback, multiple receivers, a talented tight end, a good center, and you're giving it to a backup running back. The Chargers could not run the football all day. What they did marvelously all afternoon was the ability for Justin Herbert to take a snap, and I mean a step-back, quick-throw, out to the flat, and get four yards plus. They did it 18 times. They may have done it 25 times because Mike Williams was hurt, especially late. It was the Keenan Allen show and tight ends. That was the play. General rule in football, if you're going to go for it, use your best players. But if you're going to go for it at your own 24, your career's on the line, a backup running back, It just, there's so many things that did not make sense. Jimmy Johnson was highly critical on the Fox show after. This has been a trend with Brandon Staley. When you watch certain teams in this league, you see Sean Payton has made Russell Wilson better. Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan. You can see really good coaching. My question is, how many times in this game did the Chargers defense, Brandon Staley's a defensive coach, shoot themselves in the foot? Twelve penalties, seemingly a half of those, came in key spots against the defense. They bailed the Vikings out multiple times. This is not a well-coached team. Justin Herbert, once again, has to save the franchise. I think they went cheap on the coaching hire. They could have had Brian Dayball. Listen, there's a play in the NFL. One of the knocks on Brandon Staley is he's condescending. He's young. He's sort of a know-it-all. I don't know him well enough to have that opinion, but I've seen it in press conferences. So Philadelphia, the Eagles, have created a play over the last year. The entire league is seemingly copying. It gets one yard every time. Justin Herbert is 6'5", 245. He is one of the bigger quarterbacks in the league. Just copy somebody else, copy the Eagles, don't think you have all the answers. It's being copied throughout the NFL. You give it to a no-burst power running back with an O-line that could not create run support all day. What are you doing? It's one thing to not punt it to Kirk Cousins with no timeouts, make him drive 65 to 70 yards. That's one thing. Increasingly, the Chargers got pressure. That's one thing. But to use that player in that spot, that call makes absolutely no sense to me. And I, it was funny because I was I was texting a Charger fan. And I'm like, do you fire him before the flight, on the flight, or in the tarmac when you get home? Like, this, this can't be the answer. But Justin Herbert uh, was great. They get a tip ball, an interception in the end zone. But there are so many questions about that. After the game, Brandon Staley has no apologies for it. All right. I'm not I'm not seeking apologies. I'm not one of those media people. I'm never seeking apologies. But I am seeking clarity. That running back, you couldn't run all day? Deep in your territory, when 18 times Justin Herbert took the snap, threw it to the flat, and got plus yards, made no sense to me. Again, don't need an apology. Not looking to fire coaches, but... They tried to give that game away six times. If you watch the Vikings-Chargers, those were two teams trying to give the game away. One of them we don't think that is that talented outside of Justin Jefferson. We don't think Minnesota's a super talented team. They won a lot of one-possession games last year. Chargers are really good. They're really good. They drafted good again. They found another pass rusher to go along with a Bosa. They're too good to be in this situation again. A play from 0-3.
3: Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: A lot of people are rooting for Deion Sanders. A lot of people seemingly are rooting against Deion Sanders. As always, I'm rooting for interesting. So I like what I see. But Colorado and Dion were not going to win that game at Ottson. They're going to win a lot of games as long as Dion's the coach. That's not one of them, especially missing Travis Hunter, a two-way player. Oregon has been recruiting at an elite level for eight years, ten years. Colorado has been recruiting through a portal for six months. One's a great program, and one is a great story. Cinderella finally got into the tournament and played the Tar Heels or the Jayhawks, and that's what it looks like. Oregon is a top-ten recruiting machine. They're a marketing promotional mecca. They are one of the best programs on the West Coast. Only USC recruits at their level. Denver West, one program. And there are many years Oregon out-recruits them. They've won 26 out of 27 at Autzen. I'm not rooting for Deion or against him. I'm rooting for interesting, and he's made Colorado really interesting. But Oregon is deep, has an excellent history, has five-star recruits everywhere, an NFL quarterback in Bo Nix. This was not a winnable game. And you can say, well, they were a 21-point underdog to TCU, but we hadn't seen Colorado play. We didn't know how good Shadur Sanders was, and they were a 21-point dog. This was, we know how good Shadur is. We've seen him play three times. They're 3-0. And they were still a 21-point dog. This was not a winnable game. You go look at the last six or seven coaches Oregon's hired. They've all worked, except one. Willie Taggart briefly didn't. Moved on. They all work at Oregon. Phil Knight, the money, the stadium, the uniforms, the marketing, the recruiting. It's a power football program. And Dion and Colorado are not there yet. You see this all the time where it's a great story. Oregon's got NFL guys all over both sides, recruiting elite O linemen, D linemen for eight to 10 years. Mario Cristobal was a great recruiter. This Lenin guy may be a better recruiter. I mean, they just, they've had from Chip Kelly to Mike Pilotti. These guys know what they're doing. Colorado ran into a buzzsaw. And again, you know who beats. Oregon at Otzen—that's that's like a that's like a NFL first-round quarterback. That would be an SEC team or an Ohio State or a Michigan. You're not bringing Colorado in to win that football game. They're not going to win that football game. And Bo Nix—I thought he was average at Auburn. He's pretty good. He's he's going to be a first or a second-round draft pick. He's pretty good. So uh, we were talking about earlier in the show about how organizations can make it easier or harder for quarterbacks. And so I was watching the Green Bay Saints game. I took the Saints to win that game, figured it would be pretty close. And the Saints totally control the game. 17-0, Derek Carr goes down, Jordan Love gets a break and takes advantage of it and has a very good fourth quarter. And I will say this, I think he's a really good fit for this team. This is the youngest roster in the NFL, Green Bay. And he's one of the younger quarterbacks. It's a good fit. He's not better than Aaron, but he's a better fit. When Aaron would be down 17-0, and he was rarely down 17-0 at home, may never have been, the game was over. The body language regressed. Aaron would get in his moods a bit standoffish, rolling his eyes, sniping at coaches. That was not Jordan Love. Maybe he doesn't have the cynicism because he's young, he's naive, he's more optimistic, whatever it is. But Green Bay games, when they went down by a couple of touchdowns and they didn't play well, it always felt like, you know, turn off the tap, it's over. It didn't yesterday. He did a good job. It's a completely Aaron Jones-led offense. They're not quite healthy yet. But an older, prickly, set-in-his-way sort of Aaron Rodgers, I feel like he got into these games, just even the Packers, a well-run organization. Some Sundays you show up, everything goes wrong. And New Orleans was done. This game was over. It was 17-0. Carr gets hurt. And Jordan Love just kept firing away, being optimistic, using his legs. This was a great run down the sidelines, very smartly and alertly moves down the sideline, picks up another 10. So, again, his attitude, his energy, his focus, his optimism, it was very hopeful. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I do think he is a great fit now for Green Bay. And I will say this. Success at quarterback in this league is not just talent. How much of a cap hit are you? He's not much of one. Are you healthy? He is. Uh, Do you connect with teammates? He does. Are you coachable? He is. Is he committed in the offseason? He is as well. There's a lot of things about Jordan Love you should feel very good about. They needed a break. And they got one. That's okay. Ohio State needed a break, and they got one. Notre Dame didn't enough have enough guys on the field. I looked at the Green Bay schedule this morning. Listen, there's a lot of Ws here. There's a lot of Ws. Detroit, Vegas, Denver's flailing, Minnesota, Rams at home. Um, you know, I imagine November 12th at Pittsburgh and TJ Watts going to be a bumpy Sunday. There's a lot of wins here for Green Bay. Being a success at quarterback is not just talent. When Aaron signed that big contract at the end, there were limitations how many other top players they could bring into the roster. That is part of it. So I sat there and I thought, I don't know if he's any good, but he's a good fit. I like the fact they came from behind. For those who don't like Derek Carr, how were the Saints with him? 17-0. How were they without him? 100 yards of offense. Say what you want about Derek Carr. Veteran quarterback, composed, completes passes. He mattered. So what did you make of Jordan Love? Uh, well, I told you my theory last night, right? Um, they held
3: out Bakhtiari, Jones, and Watson. They were tra- trending toward playing, right, late in the week. And I think they are holding them for this Detroit game on Thursday, which is a big game. Remember, Detroit swept them last year. Yep. Divisional matchup. And let's be real. I look at this. I mean, I'm going to be on Green Bay Thursday. I I think it's time to put some money on them to win the division. Uh, Vikings are toast. Bears are forget it. Um, and I think this Green Bay team, listen, that's a good comeback. Down 17 nothing. Okay. Look. At- by the way, how about Lafleur Going for two to make it 17-11? A lot of people were like, what's he doing? What's he doing? He wanted to win the damn game.
2: And that's a great call by him, man. Got to give him props. How about this? Look at the Bears, who continue to lean to mostly defensive coaches. And then you look at the Packers, Holmgren, McCarthy, Matt LaFleur, offense, 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 star quarterbacks. Just look at Chicago, how young quarterbacks do, and look at Green Bay. Green Bay drafts them multiple years. They can sit and learn the system. Then they get an offensive coach. They always get good offensive line. Green Bay does offense right. They're not always the flashiest, but Jordan Love – If he fails, it will be because of Jordan Love. Justin Fields, there's a lot of reasons he's flailing. Jordan Love, line, weapons, coaching, continuity. Green Bay is a
1: really well-run business. Chicago isn't. (laughs) Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
5: as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Where
2: Colin was right. All right, Blazing Five. Pretty good week, three and one. We took the Chargers to win on the road. The Saints plus one and a half. We covered by half a point. New England to win and cover the spread. 55% is the goal, so I need about four more weekends to look like this. I have the Rams plus three tonight
1: where Colin was wrong. Uh,
2: I didn't necessarily think the Broncos were a Super Bowl team, but they are a mess. 0-3, what's happened to their defense, major penalty issues, and it appears they quit. That's a cultural locker room issue. Now, Miami's really good, well-coached. Tyreek Hill is so much fun to watch, so many weapons. Even in the red zone, a cluttered space, their deception, their their magic the closer they get to that cluttered end zone. But um, I was wrong on the Broncos. They appear to be a team in turmoil. Where Colin was right. Jay Glazer reported Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, their camps got a hold of the Jets, and the Jets said, no thanks, we're going to stick with Zach Wilson. Now, they may not stick with Zach Wilson for a long time, I don't think you bring a quarterback in. Aaron Rodgers I'm fine with because you can win a Super Bowl with him. I don't think you're going to do that with Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, or Matt Ryan. I would stick it out. Zach Wilson draft another quarterback next year in the third, fourth, fifth round. Aaron comes back. This organization's had too much chaos, too much change, too much turmoil. It's a bad year. You got a bad break with Aaron Rodgers. Stick with it. Where Colin was wrong. How about C.J. Stroud? Missing offensive lineman. He's an adult. He's a professional. He reads the defense. Really like what I see. Shaky old line. Not a lot of great targets. Rookie head coach and play caller. You know what? He throws it to the right spot. He's a big kid. Jared Goff was his comp. There wasn't going to be a lot of athletic juice, but he's a grown-up. He's a professional. He's an adult. He's got a 98 passer rating. Hasn't thrown an interception. He feels like he's in total control of the game, and that's that's all I want from a rookie. I don't need you to be Mahomes. I don't need you to read your second, third, fourth receiver. He's in control at home and away, way better than I thought as a rookie. Uh, Good stuff. Where Colin was right? Well, what do you know? Dak Prescott playing from behind on the road is not the same Dak Prescott. I've said this. He's going to be as good as his weapons. When he's missing multiple offensive line starters, it's not going to be pretty. His numbers when he throws over 35 times a game, his career numbers are bad. Dak's intelligence, his leadership, his guidance, his toughness is all A+. He's not a guy that's going to care. He's very he's less mobile than he used to be because of lower body injuries. Greg Cosells pointed that out. But as much as we like Dak, aren't most of the reasons the intangibles and not the pure talent where Colin was wrong. Well, Arizona, I'm wrong. Is not the worst team in the league. Joshua Dobbs You can start Joshua Dobbs and win some games. They're feisty. They've got speed. By the way, Joshua Dobbs so far this year is completing 78% of his throws, 98 passer rating. Um, if If Kyler Murray comes back and Joshua Dobbs is your backup and Kyler Murray's healthy, that's not a bad quarterback room. That's not a bad quarterback. I'm not saying they're a great team, but I thought they were putrid and the worst team in the league. They're not. Bears unwatchable. Jets unwatchable. Arizona's got some dudes. Where Colin was right. I didn't buy into the Chicago Bears hype. I don't know if Matt Eberflus can coach. And I know defensive coaches who are rookie coaches with young quarterbacks who are unproven is a bad combination. They just don't win enough games. And now it's regressed. They're getting blown out early. They've lost 13 straight. I'm not sure who you blame, but here's what concerns me. Defensive coach, same with the Chargers. Why is your defense so bad? I'm not asking you to solve everything. But Sean McDermott solved Buffalo's defense quickly, right? Offensive coaches, Andy Reid goes into a place, even Sean Payton with Denver. Russell Wilson's passer rating 15% higher. They're averaging a touchdown more a game. You got to solve your side of the ball within two years. This defense is worse than last year.
1: Where Colin was wrong.
2: My early fascination with Sam Howell was misguided. Good God. Hell, he was awful. Just terrible. My bad. I don't know. I, I kind of like what the commanders were doing. He was overwhelmed. Four picks, nine sacks, didn't get great production. Uh, I got a little hyper on that.
1: Where Colin was right, the perpetually
2: underappreciated Derek Carr. He was in the game, Saints in control at Lambeau, 17, nothing. He gets hurt. The team can't move the sticks. Listen, we don't think Derek Carr is sensational. This guy has spent a career. Do you know he's 13th all-time in fourth-quarter comebacks? When he's in the game, you're under control. You're not in chaos. With that defense, you can move the chains. I don't think there's ever been a quarterback in this league who's good, dependable, and perpetually criticized like Derek Carr. Nice, solid B guy. Nobody thinks he's a star. When you try to tell me Dak's a star, that's when I have issue. Dak's good, B+. Derek Carr's good. B.
1: To a B. That's what he is. But nobody will acknowledge it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, The former USC
2: star in a good mood these days. 11 NFL seasons. He's also every morning on Undisputed in studio. Keyshawn Johnson is now joining us on the show. Hopefully, Keyshawn is a regular on our show. You know, on our show, you don't have to wear a tie, we're a little more casual. You're very professional this morning, and we appreciate it. Let me, I, wanna, I literally came out of the dressing room. That's okay. You look good. My go ahead and move and that family mic up.
6: Was here. Kids and family and all of them was here, so you all know right. I was chilling.
2: All right. So I want to ask you about this. Coaches tend to say, I trust my players. I get it. But if you're going to go for it <laughs> at your own 24, and you haven't run the ball, 11 carries, 12 yards all day for Joshua Kelly, then you've got to get it to Keenan Allen to Justin Herbert, forget the fact of going for it. We can, we, most of us don't love it. Couldn't I argue, get the ball to your best players in the biggest moments. He picked the wrong guy, a backup running back. Uh,
6: Look, it doesn't matter if it's a backup running back, a starting (laughs) running back or whoever, that moment in that time, there was nowhere for him to go. Where could he go? He ran right up the back. First of all, it was a bad play. Okay. the selection of the play was bad, even though it was only a yard. You could do something different to get that yard. You could have some sort of misdirection. Uh, you don't want to toss the ball in that situation because, therefore, you're going backwards. But you could neck bootleg. You could do something that would allow you to get that yard. The hole wasn't there. They didn't get any push. So, therefore, they were dominated. In terms of the trusting your guy, what else are you going to say? I trust
2: you. What else am I going to say? I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> That's just the reality of now, it. Now, no timeouts left. You punt to Kirk Cousins. Buck fifty left. Increasingly in that game, as you saw, Chargers were getting great pressure. Yeah, isn't that the better bet? The the best bet. So okay. Often too often
6: many times in professional sports and even collegiate sports or sports in general. The coaches think they're smarter than everybody else. They're going to be geniuses because they sit up here and they listen. And you call them a genius. They say me, call them a genius. So they, they start to buy into this theory. I'm a great defensive coordinator. I'm a genius. <laughs> and I can do it this way. Punt the damn ball, man. What the hell's wrong with you? Just punt the ball. Zero timeouts, as you mentioned. None. Zero. Zero timeouts. Punt the ball. Make them go 80 yards to score seven. That's right. Not three. Seven. Seven. You know how hard that is to do in the National Football League? False start, you back them up. Holding, you back them up.
2: Drop ball, clock stop. It's all those sort of things. I think they're the most penalized team in the league Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah. So yeah. they beat themselves. Continue, so you have an offense that's been beating themselves all year, an immobile quarterback that increasingly is getting bad protection. It made no sense it
6: to me. It made zero. But he's going to try to make it make sense by trying to convince you oh, I trust my defense. I trust my offense more because it was a uh, four points, not three points. If it was three points, uh, maybe it changes what I think. No kidding. If it was three points and you gave him the ball, you'd be fired immediately on the TART map, much like Lane Kiffin, because they'll go right now, kick a field goal, tie the game up, and take it into overtime, and you'll lose. So, yeah, you'll get fired. That is how that goes, but he yeah. tries to convince everybody that he did the right thing. It was the it was the the probably the stupidest thing ever. Now, a guy like me and some other players that I played with in my career, we wouldn't have had I can only imagine Brian Cox playing with B. Cox if he would have allowed that to happen. Brian Cox would have been like, Are you out of your damn mind? Same with me. I would have said to him, even though I'm on the offensive side of the boss, said Man, you don't punt that. What the hell's wrong with you? But Sometimes you don't have players like that on your team, and he knows the pulse of the team, so he's going to do that instead of being overwritten by a player and saying, man, what are you doing? They have no timeouts. Why, do you, why are you making this decision? And it makes a coach now think. They're like, yeah, you're probably
2: right. You know what? Let's just kick it. Right. Um, it's not that Denver lost. It's how they lost. It did feel, and you don't see this in the NFL much. You don't see it in hockey or the NFL because you have to play hard. Also, the games are taped. There's film on Monday. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't want to mail it in. NBA, baseball, it's a whole different ball Game Game next day. Yeah. So with Denver, should I be concerned? Maybe we just overvalued how big of a lift it was. It took Belichick two years, Pete Carroll three in Seattle. Kyle Shanahan, we forget this, Keyshawn. He went like six and 10, four and 12. It oh, I hard. don't forget. <laughs> so maybe we just, we think this is a quick fix, and this house just has leaks it, everywhere. It's
6: not a quick fix at all. Um. You, you figure Super Bowl winning coach Sean Payton comes in, he's going to change everything. Well, the thing that he's changing first and foremost is to get the quarterback stable and under control and solidify that And Russell position. has been better. Yeah, you get that solidified and stabilized and you calm that down. Then you look at the roster and other pieces that you have. Defensively, it's a new scheme now. Vance Joseph's a defensive coordinator. This is not Vic Fangio. This is not one of those situations. This is not uh, what they were running a year ago with under Hackett. So you got to f- try to give it some time to develop. I'm not worried about, look, it's embarrassing to get 70 hung on you, but it wasn't like they were
2: deliberately trying to score 70. It just they're paid to score. You're paid to stop how, how much of this, Keyshawn, and you've run into these buzz saws, you've been on these buzz saws at USC, how much of this is Miami's on a roll, they're healthy, and they're great? I, I, I think a
6: lot of it is Miami is a better football team than Denver. They have a better quarterback than Denver. Coach in year two. A coach in year two. Everybody understands the system where you have a new coach who's been in the league before, but he's trying to figure everything out. He's got – this is an evaluation year for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. They're evaluating exactly what it is that they have. They didn't come into the season saying we're going to the playoffs. They say, hey, let's see
2: what we got. Let's see what pieces we need. When we go to the draft board in free agency in 2024. It does feel like either at the trading deadline or in the draft, they should concentrate on defense. I don't think their D-line gets much of a push. I like Mims, Judy, Sutton. Those are good
6: players. Yeah, they are They are good players, but, again, this is an evaluation here. If it all of a sudden – it turns into something, then great. That's, a, that's a, a feather in their cap. But for the most part, they're trying to evaluate these players to try to see what they have on the long-term goal. This is not a short-term fix. This isn't, oh, man, we're getting ready to roll right now.
2: So you were in New York for four years with the Jets. And so J-Mac, this is his beloved team. And I've said, listen, you bring in Aaron. You, you gave up some money and some draft capital. Yeah. And you got a really crappy break. Let's just get through Zach Wilson here. It's ugly. It, he's not the future. His, Maybe not. His belief is, go get Kirk Cousins. And I'm like, oh, good God. You guys reach on everybody. What do you do if you're Zach Wilson? Because here's the fear. The ownership, which you know, runs through coaches. And ugly and criticism. WFAN's crushing them. The New York Post is crushing them. I think Sala deserves another year in Joe Douglas. But you know in that city... It's a giant's town. They may just blow If, if Zach's ugly for eight weeks, Salah gets blamed. What would you do if you're up? Do you go get a Wentz, a Matt Ryan, a Kirk Cousins, or do you stay put and maybe look really bad the next six of the next 12 weeks? I, I would start by saying,
6: what do I really believe in? Do I really believe that I'm going to waste another year of a championship defense? If I think I'm going to waste another year of a championship defense, then I've got to look to my coordinator and hack it and find out if Nathaniel Hackett really knows what the hell he's doing or is my coordinator really the guy who tore his Achilles in Aaron Rodgers. Because when you you run Bryce Hall the last two weeks, 16 attempts in two weeks, we just saw what the Arizona Cardinals did to the Dallas Cowboys. So go back to a week ago, they gave the ball to Bryce Hall four times, okay, four times. In week one, we saw him get the football against the Buffalo Bills and what he did. This past week he touched it 12 times. You are not allowing or helping this young quarterback succeed on the offensive side of the ball because you got weapons across the board, right? All of a sudden, if I bring in Kyle and Kyle Hurd, doesn't mean that I'm going to unleash and change my game plan on how I do things. What it means is that you now have to take a guy like Zach Wilson, give him and put him in the best situations to succeed, which is, Playing defense, running the hell out of the football, and times. limiting his mistakes by not allowing him and putting him in the mistakes. What happens often, too many times, is that with young quarterbacks, defensive-minded coaches, they don't know how to massage, orchestrate, massage, put him in the right situations. They don't know how to relay that to the offensive coordinators. You could Zach Wilson could be fine if you gave me, and I and I'm saying this, if you gave me the headsets today, and gave me their game plan without me even knowing exactly the offense, I promise my right hand up to God, I could put Zach Wilson in better positions to succeed than what the Jets have done to him the last two weeks. So is that the Justin Fields issue, which is I? But I ain't got nothing. He, he's not. They, it. they No, I'm talking about the team. They ain't got. They, they don't have anything. Nah, they, All right. They 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 one of the worst. They got one of the worst rosters in the National Football League. They they're not very good. So your argument, Zach Wilson's got help. Use it. Oh my goodness, dude. I could go down a list. Just okay. I'm a, without even going down the list of the roster. They got the offense, defensive rookies of the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. They got a dude in Quentin Williams who's 300 pounds of of just. Terror in the middle. Now, do I need to talk about Brees Soft Hall? Do I need American. to talk? Do I need to go into Lazar? And I don't need to go into all of that. They got dudes. They got dudes. They got cats. And Robert Sala is a great defensive mind, and the defense is one of the top five defenses in the league. They gave yeah. up 15 points. Okay, they gave up 15 points to New England. If you if you account the the total, and, and I'm not one that I don't like to do that because sometimes uh, a guy may throw a pick six and it gets accredited to the defense, right? right. But Think about it. They gave up 15 points. One of them was a big play to tie tight in on a blown coverage because Sauce Gardner didn't get his butt back to his third the way that he needed to be. So mm-hmm. chalk that up, 15 points. If you took and you put any quarterback, anybody in that position, and you allow them to succeed by not pushing the ball down the field, by doing calling the right plays at the right time, they'll be really good. It's the recipe for success in the National Football League. Number one, play defense. Yeah. Number two, run the football. And number three, limit the mistakes of the quarterback. Give him and put him in the best situation to succeed. Checkpoint. Go to San Francisco. What do they do? They run the football, they play defense, and they allow
2: Purdy to be put in the right positions to succeed. Okay, so what do you say about Dallas yesterday, which goes on the road, a perceived average team, and gets outplayed, falls behind. Is that a Trayvon Diggs? Uh- Diggs ain't tackling nobody. <laughs> and he ain't
6: rushing the passer. So this this myth, as I told Skip and Michael Irvin this morning, stop with the, the digs, you lose digs, all of a sudden everything falls apart. Diggs is on an island. He's not rushing the passer. He's not playing the two technique. He's not in the hole, plugging the hole at the linebacker position. They rush for 222. They ain't got nothing to do with Diggs. Nothing. So Mike McCarthy, O'Lyne injury. Uh, well, I think, I think when you look at it, this is one of those things, I think, for my money, I would say that they fell asleep at the wheel. They're looking ahead. Sure. They're looking at New England. They're looking at San Francisco. It's Arizona. We're going to, you know, Joshua Dobbs was on the street before the season started. That's, I think they got that mentality, and then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, Joshua's we're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, we're in trouble. And that happens because you, you fall asleep,
2: and then when you finally wake up, it's too late. Yeah. Well, I mean, Arizona almost had the Giants done. So I think Arizona is a little feistier than we I, thought.
6: I, they are—they are, are one of those teams that will win three or four games this year and beat one or two teams that they shouldn't be.
2: Um, I want to talk about Deion Sanders. So I don't find myself rooting for or against. I root for interesting, and I think he's fascinating. I didn't think this was winnable. Oregon, as you know, outside of USC, Oregon wins West Ro- Coast recruiting. They outrecruit UCLA, Washington. They've been they, Mario Cristobal and Lenning. Have been recruiting dudes for eight years. They got pros all over the place. This was not a winnable game for Colorado. I just think it. It's easy to say Dion got his, and it's like Dion's been recruiting for six months. Oregon's been recruiting dudes for eight years. They don't. Yeah, they don't lose it,
6: Otzen. It's a different. They're on a different playing field. Totally it's not different. The, it's not the. It's they're not the. They're a great s-
2: program. Colorado's a great story.
6: A- absolutely, and it's going to continue to be a great story. A guy takes over a program that was one in eleven. They're 3-1 and one now, okay, mm-hmm. with 86 new faces at the university. And they look well-coached. They're well-coached. They They're fine. They, look, in in the end, you look at how they got beat. But what people got to realize is that Oregon pro, uh, Program Foundation oh, it's great. has been there since Mike Bellotti, Full okay? Night.
2: Phil Knight. Phil Knight, Mike Bellotti,
6: uh, 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 Mark Brooks. Chip
2: Kelly, Chip Kelly Rich Brooks,
6: Helfred, uh, Willie Taggart for a year, Ball. I mean, like, it's already been there. Although some of these players, a the majority of these players are transfers and new recruits and things of that nature, they, they were not there necessarily with Ball, but the foundation of the program was there, the understanding of the program was there. You got a new head coach coming in, completely taking a shovel, digging up the dirt, tossing it, and putting new soil in, and that's where Colorado's program
2: is right now. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. They, they went in as a 21-point underdog, and you could say, well, Colorado was a 21-point underdog to TCU, but we were guessing. So yeah. we'd seen them go 3-0, and and yeah. they were still a 21-point dog. I think Oregon is one of those programs, and USC's in this class, I think they can play with virtually if you, everybody. If,
6: if, you play,
2: if Oregon plays
6: Colorado at home, they don't get blown out of the building like that. It's a different game at home. It's tough to go on the road. They never faced the adversity. In the three games that they played the, prior to that, they went to TCU. They never was like two touchdowns behind.
2: No, they controlled the game. They controlled the entire
6: game. Colorado State game, it was just a moment here and there. We was like, oh, man, they might lose this. But they, ne- they were at home, so they never faced that adversity. Right? Nebraska, same thing. You go on the road in Eugene, Oregon. It's yellow and green everywhere. The (laughs) ducks doing push-ups every 30 seconds. It's intimidating. It's it's crazy. It's loud. It's you haven't faced that adversity yet. And now all of a sudden you look up, it's like, they just did what? They faked the punt on us? Oh God, here we go. And now it starts to snowball out of control to the point where you're so far behind,
2: you just want to get out of the building and get back on the bus to get home. Yeah, I think I really do believe this. I think USC Colorado is going to be a Pretty competitive. Yeah, it's going to
6: be a better game. I watched USC play Arizona State the other night, and I was mad. And in the end, I think USC went in ahead, I, thinking Arizona State, but also looking to Colorado. Yeah, that's what I They got
2: caught sleepwalking too. Yep. So USC in bowl That's that's the biggest football game in Boulder, in
6: first. And ever. I will be there. Well, you will. Yes, I will be there. Yes, I'll be brush there. Cross your fingers. It it will be uh, interesting. Yeah. I'm, I, A lot I tell of star them, power. I'll be I'll be like Don King, right? I'll be all USC, and if it goes wrong, I'll be in the Colorado locker room <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> like, oh, Colorado, way to go, Dion.
0: Thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.